There it is. <laughs> All right, but moving on. Did the microphone kick into? I've been a sports fan my entire life because all of my friends are horrible people. Yes, Cam had a very bad game. Can we get that on tape? Get that overrated piece of crap out of this conversation. <laughs> are you sure you want this on tape? That's what I was transitioning <laughs> to. Big time Timmy Jim, Chris Sale, Bartello Cologne. A lot of tears and a lot of beers. I can't argue with anything you say. Hello and welcome to the Super Bowl edition of our Late Night Shots podcast. It's Chris and Landon tonight. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, we're going to start off with a mulligan before we get into a whole bunch of Super Bowl talk. And it's going to be something that happened, what, within the last hour or so? Yes. Like, it was pretty recent, right? <laughs> yeah, like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. So, right before we got together to start recording, the Knicks and the Mavs are finishing up their game. No, Knicks and the Grizzlies. Sorry. I saw Drake, Jay Crowder and thought of the Mavs. <laughs> he used to be there. So, Knicks-Grizzlies, uh, it's like a 15-point game, maybe 18 points. And Jay Crowder, with less than a minute left, up by 15, 18 or whatever, goes to shoot a three, and Alfred Payton just shoves him, like, super hard, like, checks him into the seats. It was fantastic. What was he thinking? (laughs) He wasn't? Like, he definitely wasn't thinking. No. Oh, I didn't see. Okay, so (laughs) the Grizzlies... Hit a three. Crowder jumps the inbounds pass and steals it with the Grizzlies up 18 and goes to the corner to shoot a three. And that's when Peyton shoves him. Don't throw a bad pass. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of a, a like a, un, uh, not unsportsman, like cheap, un, unwarranted move by Crowder. I mean, it's. You're up 18 with less than a minute left. In basketball ethics, right? Yeah. You're not supposed to, but if you go back to like, I I think about this, uh, like the Patriots back in, what was it, 2007 when they had Randy Moss and they were putting up like 50 points on everybody. Yeah. If you don't like it, stop it. Yeah. And professional sports like NBA, MLB, NFL, those are the only leagues where I think that's acceptable. to Like college, it's not okay to say that. (laughs) No. Because it's like, well, guess what? South Dakota State can't stop Chip Kelly in Oregon. Like, it, it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. But with this, yeah, if you don't like it, stop it. Pretty much. I mean, there was another in basketball kind of incident like that, right? Where somebody stole, was it? Oh, it was the Kansas game. Yeah, that was the mulligan last time. Yeah, and it was the Kansas game, right? Yeah. Some more basketball, you know, ethics where. The game's over. You let them dribble it out, right? You're not going to yeah. steal a ball from somebody when you're down whatever they were down, like 16 points uh, with like a minute left. Yeah, or more than that. It might have been like 21. And that started that whole brawl. And essentially, the same kind of basketball ethics play yeah. started another one. Like, I don't I don't know. I'm in, I don't mind it, right? Like, I would understand Crowder broke those basketball ethics by stealing the ball. So then Peyton could go and just foul him normally. Yeah. You're not going to go and just... Like, it's a two-hand shove <laughs> to the chest. Yeah. It's a cheap shot. And then he wanted to fight him. Like, you could see Alfred Peyton, like, pointing at Crowder and then pointing to the locker room. Like, let's go fight. Alfred Payton's an idiot. All I'm thinking is Crowder would ruin Peyton. 
And then I see Jonas Valanciunas walk in. And it's like, okay, the fight's over. Like, Jonas wins. <laughs> like, he's going to beat up anybody on the court. Alfred Payton's a moron. Yes, he is. At least he, I'm like, a couple years ago, I would have said maybe he just couldn't see past that hair. It got in his way and you didn't know what was going on. But he has short hair now. So okay. that's not an excuse. Maybe that's why he's an idiot. It could be. Cut his hair. Maybe. Kind of like the Samson thing, but instead yeah. of strength, it was smarts. Might as well, right? That's uh, as good as any <laughs> explanation I can think of. So he and the rest of the morons in that game get the mulligan for this week. If you want to take advantage of your mulligan, head to Homestead Farm and Golf in Linden, Washington. Mention late night shots before you round to get a free small bag of range balls. Um, I think the course is getting a little bit better. It might still be very, very wet. Um, they've been pushing their par three leagues back to try and get the course to clear up a bit. But you're able to walk on a majority of the holes right now. Um, while you're in the pro shop, check out their Cleveland and Triction clubs and apparel. And make sure to sign up for a 2020 membership. There's some nice deals and promo going promos going on, like getting your membership um, with Canadian at par. So you can save a little bit of money there. So make sure to head to Homestead for all your golfing needs. All right. Super Bowl time. <laughs> so... Chiefs came back, beat the Titans. Uh, Niners, for the second time this year, demolished the Packers. So we got uh, Niner, no Chiefs at Niners, Niners at Chiefs. What's it? I think it's Chiefs at Niners because the Niners have a better record. Is that what it is? I thought it was or they pre- finished higher than the Chiefs did in their conference well the the chiefs were 12 and 4 and the niners were 13 and 3 right you're up god i'm blinking uh i think that's right uh, i'll try but the niners finishes the two seed so i think the niners have home are the home team oh wait 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 N- no um the afc is the home team right because wasn't the thing if Tannehill made it with the titans he was going to be playing a home game in miami Isn't that what it was? I just assume that because he probably still lives in Miami. Well, I thought they meant like he'd get the home locker room. But maybe it was just that it'd be like a home game for him. I can always look up how they do this. That's true. Anyway, so it's definitely not the Super Bowl that people would have thought at the beginning of the season, at least on the the NFC side. Because the Niners had to be, what, 50-1 to to start the year? If not a little worse? But the uh, the Chiefs were probably one of the favorites out of the AFC, right? Like the first or second, them and the Patriots? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see here. NFL preseason odds. Here we go. What do you think the Niners were to start the season? Coming off a 4-12 and year, 250-1. to 40-1. to 250-1. to <laughs> Yep, right. Well, coming off a 4-12 and year. There was two t- three teams that were worse than 250 to 1. Cardinals, Redskins, Dolphins. Like well, I yeah. probably guess those. So they were 40 to 1 and the Chiefs were 6 to 1. Yeah. Looks like the Chiefs were the s- second best odds. Huh, the two best odds were both in the AFC to start the season. Oh, here we go. You want to know how it's determined? Sure. It rotates every year. Okay. So last year, the Rams were the home team. The Pats were the, or the Rams were the home. The Pats were away. This year, the Niners are the road and the Chiefs are home. Okay. 
So it's <laughs> Niners at Chiefs. There we go. <laughs> Nothing that I thought it was going to be. I get. Oh, I I guess it makes sense because they kind of well, no, it doesn't matter at all because it's in a predetermined location anyway. Yeah, it just alternates. That's dumb, and it's neutral, really. If you yeah. Think. And we still are waiting on a team to play in their own location for Super Bowl. Well, it definitely wasn't going to be this year. No, no, it was not. <laughs> How many times did you have to play this season for Miami to make it to the Super Bowl? Like a thousand? Uh, I mean, maybe Madden simulations a thousand. Yeah. Real life? Would you have to go back to before they started all the trades and have them not make any of them? And then they might have a... They would have to... hundred to one chance? They would have to like pull off some major trades. I don't know. There was a quarterback in Tennessee who went like 7-2 and two or whatever to finish the season. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but that's also more Derrick Henry. Yeah. Let me say, Tennessee had a monster running back. Miami had a running back who just did drugs and beat his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mark Walton? Yeah. Yeah. And Miles Gaskin, who didn't really play. No, because he was like their four-string guy. He and did have a touchdown this year, though. Good for him. So, what are you thinking for the Super Bowl? Like, is Kansas or uh, San Fran, they've been running the ball all year. Are they going to be able to do this in the Super Bowl against a Andy Reid team who he's what historically one of the three best coaches off a of bye? So, with, with an extra week to prepare. Do you think he's going to have that team ready to stop the run? Or, I guess, he'll have them ready, but are they going to be able to stop the run? No. No? You think the Niners are going to be able to run the ball? Yes. I think both offenses are going to do whatever they want in this game. Really? Yep. So, which, right after, so the Monday after I got asked at work a couple by a couple of people, they're like, oh, what do you think about the Super Bowl? And my initial response was, Every year, we have a freaking fantastic offense show up. The 2013 Broncos, 2015 Panthers, and there's that that defensive team that just shuts them down. Yeah. My initial thought, if you would have asked me last week, I would have said, yeah, oh, yeah, no, the Niners are going to steamroll them because defenses always show up in the Super Bowl and always win it. Yeah. I don't see that being the case this time. Yeah, I can't see. Like, I can't see the Chiefs getting shut down. No. And what's so hard about shutting them down is you can't l- let off the gas on defense, I guess, or how like give them a break at all because they can put up four touchdowns in a quarter, <laughs> or score and score. You know, go on a fifty-one to seven run. Yeah. Because what is it? They've been outscored like 31-7 to in the first quarter of these two games? Yeah. Or worse than that, right? No, it was minus 24. Is that what it was? Yeah. So they're minus 24 in the first and plus 55 in the second three? Yeah. yeah, That was the exact stat on SportsCenter last night. Was it 55? Yeah. Wow, that was a good guess. I just can't see stopping Kansas City. There's way too many weapons there with Reed, with Mahomes. With all the speed on Kansas City. And that's the one. Like, Sherman has had a great year for the Niners at corner. He got, what, second team? Or, well, he was he was all pro. Yeah. Right? And so, good for him for betting on himself and making it and all that. But Sherman is 30, 
He's in his early 30s. And it's hard to find a guy who makes it past 30 at a skill position who hasn't lost a step, especially a guy coming off an Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. And he can do it against the the bigger, stronger guys because he is tall and lanky, or he has length. Yep. But, but the Chiefs have four wide receivers who run under a four four, something like that. Oh, it's four like a guys track on team, off. Man. Yeah, it's a freaking track team. And I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up with that. I don't know if the other guys on the Niners are going to be able to keep up with it. But you know what the Niners do have? A ridiculous pass rush. Yeah. That's the interesting that's the interesting part of this, right? Is that sure Kansas City is awesome, but at times this year they have had trouble keeping Mahomes upright. And not necessarily sack wise, right? Oh yeah. He gets hit. Granted he does have what was it, the second best um the second best rating among QBs for uh the ball coming out under two and a half seconds when he's under pressure or something like that. Okay. But all those stats that everyone gives when you give each team like two weeks to prepare, all of it goes out the window. Yeah. Because when was the last time a Super Bowl went the way people thought it was going to go? Not last year. <laughs> not the year before that. Nope. Not the year before that. Nope. And then we're getting back to the, 20... the Panthers game. So not that not one. Not that one. Uh, the Pats Hawks. Everyone thought that was going to be a close. That everyone thought that was going to be a close game. So maybe that one. That was the last one. Yeah. So what? Six. Yeah, six so, Super Bowls ago. So it's been like what one out of the last eight Super Bowls at least. Yeah. Because then you're getting back to like the, everyone thought the Broncos were going to run all over the Hawks yeah. with that offense. The Ravens jumped out to like the twenty point lead, and yeah. no one expected that. Yeah. So it's been one or two Super Bowls in the last decade. That have gone the way people thought. And it's, I give credit to the extra time to prepare. I, I think that's a lot of it, right? Yeah. Because I think if you're playing these games one week after the conference championship games, I think the Super Bowls go a lot of, a lot of the way people think that they are going to. Yeah. Um, have, has the Super Bowl always been two weeks? I don't think so. I think that's been a more modern type thing. So in the last, I've probably, I'd probably guess 10 to 15 years. Okay. Hmm. Just it, as long as I can remember, it's been two weeks. I thought it used to be that it was just everybody had an off week and then it was the Super Bowl and then it was the Pro Bowl, right? And within the last 10 years, they moved the Pro Bowl in between. Yeah. And that's when we started seeing all the dumb Pro Bowls like, Vince Young threw the 31 interceptions and 14 touchdowns, and he was a pro bowler. Yay! Dude spent more money at Cheesecake Factory in a week than he had passing yards. True. Pro bowl status. Cheesecake Factory pro bowl. (laughs) So, talking about the Super Bowl not going the way people think it's going to go. 
if that's the case, like what is the the weird thing you see being the the determining factor or major storyline for this game? Is it Mahomes gets shut down? Is it a low scoring game? Is it the Niners are able to run all over? Or is it Mahomes goes for 500 and ties Montana's touchdown record? <sighs> this game could go so many ways, right? Yeah. Um, this will sound super cliche and super basic, but turnovers. Okay. If the Niners turn the ball over, they are going to get run off the field. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can only, right, you want to do the Titan game plan, right, in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You want to shorten the game. You want to limit possessions. You want to keep your offense on the field to wear that defense down. If you let Mahomes and that track team offense and Biennemi and Reed continue to get looks at that defense over and over and over and over again, it's going to be a long, long day for them. Yeah. And so if the, if the Niners are able to not turn it over and jump out early on the chiefs, like we've seen happen in the, the last two games for the chiefs, mm-hmm. are they going to be able to hold on to that lead because of the run game? Yes. I could, like I said, I, I can. You could see it, right? See that, yeah. So, the two sides of that are: you would have thought Tennessee would be able to do it. I mean, but Tannehill, Tannehill threw for 160 yards in the last two games, or something like that. <laughs> some, some ridiculous, yeah. And Jimmy G is way better than Tannehill. He is, um, and for for anyone listening, don't. A lot of people that are commenting on the game, I would say the biggest argument they have is, oh, well, Jimmy G only threw eight passes in that NFC title game. Well, Jimmy G also just about threw 4,000 yards and had like 27 touchdown passes if you watched the entire regular season. And so that the Jimmy G game, it's like, well, he only threw eight passes. Because they ran the ball for three hundred yard over three hundred yards or whatever. Mostert like, had like two hundred and twenty yards by himself. Yeah. Why would you need to pass the ball? Y- you didn't. So it it's similar to the Vikings' first game of the year, like when we were making fun of Kirk Cousins for throwing eighty four yards or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's like well, he was nine for eleven or eight for nine or whatever it was. Yeah. It's like he didn't need to pass the ball yeah. because they could not stop the run. And I, I don't see that happening in the Super Bowl, but I, no, I. But <laughs> but, right? We're sitting here talking about things that could, you know, no Super Bowl ever goes to plan, right? Yeah. Maybe Mostert has another two hundred and twenty yard freaking game. What are the most super the most yards in the Super Bowl? Combined or rushing by a player? By a player? Oh, I'd have to look that up. Hey Google. Who has the most rushing yards in a Super Bowl game? Have downtime on so Gavin won't talk to it too late at night. Didn't work. Um, it can't be. I bet you it's under. Oh, uh, the Emmett Smith game wasn't a Super Bowl, right? The shoulder game? No, that was a that was a championship or divisional playoff game. game yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of has anyone had like a monster Super Bowl game? There's got to be someone. 
Or it's going to be weird, like Paul Horning or something like that. Do you find it? Yeah. <laughs> any guess? Any guesses? Because it's super weird. Uh, is it semi-recent or not? No. So is it like Super Bowl teens area? Is it Franco Harris? No, it was not. It was Bart Starr. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy Timmy Smith. I don't know who that is. Redskins running back. Sorry, Josh. This is when the skins crushed the Broncos 42 to 10. 204 rushing yards. Wow. I would have thought it would have been a Who was their their main running back? Riggins. Yeah, I thought it would have been Riggins. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Timmy Timmy Smith. I love when trivia answers sound made up. Like who's the guy with the most rushing yards in the Super Bowl? Uh Timmy Smith. That's not a real person. Yeah, 204. Wow. Marcus Allen is second with 191. Oh, that was against the... The Redskins. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I was trying to look up some some rushing props for the game. Take a guess for third. You'll get this one. <laughs> I'll get this one? Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Recent. Not, well, not recent. 90s. In the 90s? Yeah. Is it Falk? No. Uh, think Josh. Oh, is it Portis? Terrell or Davis. Terrell Davis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. D- doesn't he have? It was the the migraine game, the one where he couldn't see like at yeah. halftime, where he couldn't was see one seventy something, one fifty seven. Oh, okay, and three scores. Wow. Including the two yard TD where he legitimately couldn't see. <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. All right, so. I think the last thing I have to say about how the game starts is, so the Chiefs have given up these two bad first quarters. The difference in the Super Bowl is the script, which I don't think it's talked about enough, that it seems like both coaches every year, every Super Bowl, come in with their first 10 to 15 plays, and that's what they run. But are these two coaches going to do it? Andy Reid hasn't been to the Super Bowl in 15 years exactly. Oh, five, right? Yeah. Yeah, with the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles when they lost to the Patriots. The T.O. broken leg. Is that 04? No, it was 05. 05? Because didn't the Patriots go 03, 05, 06? Something like that, yeah. 02, 04, 05? Something. Something, something like, like that. that, yeah. Um, and then you have Shanahan, who is just kind of like McVeigh, a completely different era of coaching like these aren't the over 50 guys who are old school script they both will you think they will yeah um i'm gonna throw this out there just and maybe people will respond to us on facebook or or whatever but if you noticed a lot of the games in the playoffs this year at some point within their first 15 plays they've been running trick plays yeah if I were an offensive coordinator, I would run a trick play on my first series in the Super Bowl and hope that it paid off to boost the momentum for your squad. A la the Saints coming out kicking the onside kick after, like directly after halftime. Well, so two years ago, the Super Bowl at your place, how early was the Tom Brady, the pass to Tom Brady? 
That was second quarter, I think. So still fairly early. Yeah. And the play was drawn up nice. It was just a bad pass. Agreed. And I pretty sure didn't Brady drop it. No, it like grazed his fingertips. Like he couldn't have caught that ball. And of course the Eagles ran the one for, you know, yeah. um, the, the BDE special. Yeah. Um, but I really like, I noticed that quite a bit in the playoffs this year that each team at some point in the first quarter, it seemed like they all ran some sort of trick play. Yeah. So, so I guess to count, on that out to there. counter that, a lot of times you want to set up the trick play, right? Like For, you run, depending on what you want to do, sweep, right? sweep, sweep pass to the quarterback or whatever. Yep. Do you run a fake trick play because everybody's been doing trick plays? You could. Like, do you leak the quarterback out the backside so that the safety or linebacker follows them or whatever, and it leaves Kittle or Kelsey open up the middle? You could. If it's me. You just run the if, trick play? Well, if I'm the Niners, the first the first trick play I would just randomly do, you know they want to run the ball. No quarterback? Run a flea flicker. Oh, yeah. Do you count a flea flicker as a trick play? I mean, kind of. It falls under the category, but, like... They're one of, like, three teams in the NFL that can do a flea flicker and the team would actually fall for it, right? Well, especially after the rushing performance that they had against Green Bay, you can bet that the Chiefs' defense is probably like, okay, we're going to see, you know, Mostert get the ball. We're going to crash. Yeah. There goes Kittle, (laughs) right up the scene by himself. Yeah. Like, or one-on-one with a linebacker or whatever, yeah. I'm going to feel like such a genius if they actually do this. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, why why not, right? Yeah. Because if you can capture the momentum in the Super Bowl, anything you can that, that can win you the game entirely. Yeah. Unless they turn the lights off on you. It's going to win you the game. Unless they do that. Like the Broncos-Panthers game. Right? Yeah. After the Broncos go down, that Cam Newton strip sack – after that incomplete pass to Kotri, where they score the touchdown, that complete that that one in the game for him right there. Yeah, and that was in it's the first true. that was in the first quarter. Yeah. So if you can capture the momentum in the Super Bowl at any like at any point, you especially on like a big play like that, you can hold on. It's, you're you're completely right. So, but so you're talking about trick play early, so. Is there a player you like to score the first touchdown? And you need to know if, because, so I got prop bets up, and there are thousands of There's so many. Um, William Hill is always the place to go to for this, because they have every single one imaginable that's that's reasonable. All right. Spitfire me some, and then let's mark them down and see if I'm correct. So you're talking about, like, uh, Kelsey, right? So, or no, no, sorry. You're talking about Kittle. 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 He's my he's my prediction. Ten to one. Really? That's not bad. You got one, two, three, four, five guys that are higher than him, and one that's the same. I'm going. I'm going. Kittle will be the first person. So to Kittle's score. ten to one. Um, what about use check? Could you see him? Maybe I don't know how many touchdowns he had this year. I mean, if it depends on if they get down to the goal line, right? Thirty to one. Wow, thirty to one. 
If he is he, the fourth lowest. If 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 he scores a touchdown, I'm calling rigged. <laughs> they looked at the odds and they said, "Okay, for those poor suckers that freaking put some money in, we're gonna freaking reward them." So the how many people of Kyle Uzcheck's family are the only ones that are putting bets on this? You know Harbaugh's putting money on Uzcheck to score the first touchdown. He believes in his ex fullback. But you never know, because sometimes the weird stuff happens. What was it? Three out of four years, a safety was scored in the first quarter or whatever it was. Yeah. And that was like plus, or it was 50 to one. It was something like that. For each year, not combined. I mean. I mean, you'd never expect a safety to be no. scored. Unless you want to put the. 100,000 to 1 on the Chiefs to only score four points. Oh, that was down at the bottom on here, too. So, so I guess on the other side, so when we talk about the Chiefs, who's your, your guy on the Chiefs that you think is going to score the first touchdown? Tyree Kill. So, Hill's 8 to 1. He's actually not the highest Chief. That's Kelsey. That's 7 to 1. Oh, wow. No, Hill is... They're not... Yeah, uh, Damian Williams seven to one. Travis Kelsey seven to one. Hills Damian eight to one. Williams. Yep. So Sean McCoy on that list. Uh, he's part of the any other nine to one field. Okay. Rumor is he might be active, and I could see Andy Reid throwing him a bone. Yeah. So would you just throw money on the any other player who's I mean, not listed nine to one? I mean, there's not a lot that aren't on there. Sure. I or do you double up on your four points total scored <laughs> or whatever it is and go no touchdown score in the game for 250 to one? I mean, give, let me throw $2 down on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. No, nah, I got Hill. Chief-wise, Chief-wise, I just feel like it'll be Hill. I think I would just go, you know what, I'm betting on the tight ends. I'm going 10 to one for Kittle and seven to one. For Kelsey and just taking the tight ends. But yeah, there are that's so many prop bets. So many. Okay, so the, this is there's player to p- commit first turnover of the game. If for some reason the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in the Super Bowl, what would the odds be on Jameis to commit the first turnover of the game? Like minus 8,000? <laughs> Minimum. Yeah. Uh, Heavy money would be coming in on Jameis for that. Yeah. So, who... Who are you leaning towards in this game, then? Because it sounds like... The more that I look at... You've gone back and forth on who you think's going to win, on what you think's going to happen, which is understandable. Like we talked about, the Super Bowl is hard to predict. The more that I look at the X's and O's... I guess before I ask you for your pick, let's go with what do we think is going to happen during the Super Bowl? Like, before I ask you, like, do the Chiefs win 31-17? Like, I think how how does the team that wins get to, get there, in your opinion? I think it's a close back-and-forth game. Okay. Do you think it starts early, or do you think, like, a bunch of the Patriots Super Bowls, it starts in the second quarter? About probably, I think, the first couple possessions, you know, and, and knowing my luck on saying this, it's going to start right from the get-go, like kickoff return, a la Devin Harris, 
Or Devin Hester. Devin Hester, yeah. Um, was there another kickoff return for a touchdown a couple years ago? Yeah, Percy Harvin. Was that to start the game, though? No. That was start the second half? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think it's back and forth. Um, probably starting mid-first quarter, I want to go with. Okay. Um, so, like, a three-minute drive, punt, five-minute drive, punt, touchdown. Yeah. Or, like that. Yeah, touchdown, field goal, um, safety, maybe, even <laughs> perhaps, if you want to bet on that. <laughs> um, I, do, I think it's going to be higher scoring. Okay. Um, and I think it's going to come. I think it's going to come right down to the wire. That's my. So you think it is going to be a close game? I do, and and when I look at it and I look at the X's and O's, it's all gonna for me. It's going to come down to. I think both defenses are going to give up some spots. Um, who? For me, it's going to come down to Garoppolo versus Mahomes. Okay. So, the MVP versus the pretty boy. Essentially. Yeah. So, who who are you going with then? I am going to take the Chiefs okay. in overtime. Wow. In overtime. Okay. 37-34. Okay. I got that down. So, you... Uh, you could get some good odds on that. Let's see here. 37-34. So you can get 10 to 1 on 71 to 77 points scored in the game. Uh said so 3 points. So Chiefs, that's only like a two and a half to 1. So you're not getting much there. I don't know what overtime is though. I don't know. Uh yeah, I'm not seeing anything for overtime on here. Probably just because I can't find it. <laughs> it's all... Yeah, I can't find it. Hmm. So, I think with Andy Reid that they're going to s- start fast. They're not going to let any of this dumb first quarter crud happen. That They're going to be ready. Um there's just not a lot of people I would bet on over Andy Reid to manage a game for the first 59 minutes well. Right? I mean, yeah. I, out of the two. Yeah. Yeah. You got a guy who – how long has Andy Reid been a head coach for? He's like sixth or something like that on the all-time wins list or something. Because yeah. he's always been doing it a while. 25 plus at least I want to say I remember him being the head coach when I was like a little kid he was at the Eagles for God I want to say it was over 15 let's see here Andy Andy Reid's 61 years old uh, uh, 1999 so not as long as I thought so 20 this is his 21st year. Oh, that's right, because he was part of the Green Bay Packers group. Yeah. With all those guys who became head coaches. Um, yeah, just it's hard to bet against Andy Reid. Um, I think we're going to see the Chiefs actually 
get out ahead of the Niners and just kind of always be ahead like three to 10, three to 14 points, something like that, where it's 10, nothing. And then it's 10, seven, but then it's 17, seven. And so the Niners are always getting within one score, but they can never take the lead because the chiefs just keep scoring again. Um, So I'm going to, I got a pretty close score to what you do, but regulation and with like a backdoor score to make it close, 34-30. Like it's going to be 34-23. to 23. No, that wouldn't work because it'd go for two. Hmm, I got to change my score because you'd never have 34-30, right? It wouldn't make sense to have that. Yeah, because you wouldn't kick a field goal. You'd go for it. Unless you have changed the logic and you have the Niners ahead. And then the Chiefs score. And the Chiefs score. Because I want the onside kick at the end of the game. That's my. So I'll go 34-31. So it's 34-23 to somehow. Yeah, because there's always like a mixed extra point or something in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So then they go for two, get it to get down to a field goal. Go for the onside kick. Don't don't get it. Don't get it. <laughs> Chiefs recover. Niners and, recover and run it back for a game winning touchdown. <laughs> yeah, so Chiefs win thirty four to thirty one. So we both got a close game, a field goal game. Um, sounds like you have it closer than I do, even though we have the same point spread. Um, Alex, on the other hand, <laughs> blowout city. Uh, forty five to seventeen. Chiefs win. Um, so he's putting all his money that he's made so far gambling, which ended up being $340. You guys each have $340, by the way, that you made this year gambling. Well, because you were 10 and six, Alex was 32 and 26. So Alex is taking that 340 bucks and putting it on a 28 point win. So let's see here, Kansas city. So 20 to one, 20 to one for Alex. Those are his odds right there. I hope he uh, Oops, enjoyed it. that $340 yeah. while it lasted. Because it's going to go bye-bye. And I'm just putting my entire $1,810. I crushed it this year gambling. 39 and 19 It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm putting all 1810 on the Chiefs to win a close game. So 3 to 1. Oh, wait. Is that what it is? Uh, no, 13 to five. That's fun. 13 to five. So two and a half to one. So they either have no money or like four grand. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> four grand would be yeah. really nice right now. So we did get one Facebook question for this game. Um, and we, we touched on it a little bit. Biggest, bigger factor in the game. Chiefs offense versus the Niners defense or the Niners offense versus the Chiefs defense. So is it that the pass rush of the Niners against the Chiefs, or is it the Chiefs being able to force Jimmy G to throw? It's got to be Niners defense versus Chiefs offense. So the pass rush of the Niners, right? Yeah, yeah and I think you're right because just that that D line that they they put a lot into and they drafted well, <laughs> so good that it, if they're able to pressure Mahomes and make stuff get out way quicker than they want and you're not able to take advantage of the speed. Yeah. 
because I guess that's the one way to stop the speed, right? Is to make them get the ball super early so they can't get separation. Yep. Rally. Because where don't you want your fast guys catching the ball? Well, <laughs> like within 10 yards and in front of the linebackers, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. At the same time, though, how do you counteract an aggressive pass rush? Screens. Screens and, and all that stuff. And all it takes is one, you know, tiny side block yeah. with Tyreek Hill on a wide receiver screen and he gone. Oh, yeah. Or Hardman or <laughs> any of those guys. You ain't catching them. So, it, interesting chess match on that between those two. So, there's your answer, answer Michael, is that it's, it's probably the Niners defense, specifically their pass rush. Yep. That is... Going to determine the game, I guess? Uh, if they don't get pressure on my homes, it's going to be lights out. Alex is going to take that 340 and uh, win some money with it. So, if the Niners don't have the good pass rush, who eats more? Mahomes or Andy Reid? <laughs> Andy Reid will just eat like a ham sandwich or whatever the heck that he ate after a cheeseburger <laughs> and then go to bed. That was such a good answer. What you do to celebrate? Ate a burger and went to bed. Good job, Andy Reid. Oh. All right, so we all got the Chiefs. Uh, me and you got them close. Alex has it being a blowout. And the last time we all agreed on the Super Bowl, we were wrong. Book it. <laughs> uh, the line is one and a half for this game, or one. It, I think it depends on where you look. Um, I don't know what William Hill has it at for this one. It should be at the very. Uh, they got it at one. Yeah. But really, one, one and a half, to me at least, when it's that low, I just always take the team I think is going to win. Yep. Because um, the game doesn't finish a one-point game very often. Are there any super weird prop bets you want to look at real quick? <laughs> the, big, the biggest one for me was the one I mentioned to you earlier. Oh, yeah, was, I, can. <laughs> I can't remember the odds, but I, it was, I got it right. uh, the exact points scored one. Uh, the A-Rod during halftime. Oh, uh, Are they going to show A-Rod during halftime? I don't know if I can find that one. That might have been up at the top. The other one you were talking about, the uh, the points one. Oh, the, the points four one. four points yeah. scored. It's like 10,000 to one. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying those are good? <laughs> oh. oh, it's not only that. It's if either team scores four points, it's 10,000 to one. Alex, put some money on the. Uh... So take a four to two game, and you would get ridiculous odds, like forty thousand to one, something like that. Yeah, that's a lot. All right, let's see here. Uh... Oh, here you go. Here's one of the ones: James Harden points, rebounds, assists, or total points in the game. That's an even bet. Harden. Harden. Um, that one's kind of mean. Pelicans, Rockets, points, or Jimmy G passing yards? So you got to think, does Jimmy, Jimmy G throw for over 240? Yeah. He does? Yeah. I think so. And we'll do the last one. Uh, Zion Williamson points or Raheem Mostert rushing attempts? 
Williamson's averaging 17, 18, somewhere in there. God, that's tough. See, I'm taking the Zion points here because I think the Chiefs are up. So I don't think the Niners run the ball a ton. Or if they do, they're splitting it up. So I'd go Zion points. I'm going to take the rushing attempts. I was trying to see if there was a super weird one. but I think there's some weird ones up at the top, too. But it's so hard to find stuff on here. All right. So I think... You got anything else for the Super Bowl? I think that's it, right? God, I hope the Chiefs win. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, though, how miserable are 90% of the people going to be in Whatcom County if the Niners win the Super Bowl? Right? You know it's true. I mean, yeah, I know it's true. I also know that a certain QB is saying that their roster isn't good enough. Russ? Really? Yep. Uh, yep. I wonder if another wide receiver slept with his wife, so he's upset. I mean, <laughs> Cam tagged it first. Yes, he did. I think that'll be a good thing to end the Super Bowl talk about. Um, so, we do have one more thing we're going to try and talk about. Oh, God. Um, and the episode might just kind of end, but... So, Sunday morning, news came out that the helicopter that Kobe Bryant was flying in with his daughter, um, some of her teammates, and a few other people, nine total people, eight plus the pilot, um, crashed flying to their game. Yep. And it was around 10 in the morning, I think, when it happened. And news came out just before noon. And... All the people on board perished. Um, And it's, I don't think we've ever seen anything happen like this before on this scale in the, in the world of sports with a high level athlete, someone who is that popular and one of the greatest to ever play at their sport. Yep. Um, you have, like the one I mentioned to you was Roy Halladay. He's he's a Hall of Fame player, but it was just him. Um, but he's he's not on the level of Kobe. Kobe's arguably a okay. He Kobe is no matter who you talk to, he's top fifteen all time. Yep. Roy Halladay was probably top ten of his generation. So that's a big difference. Yep. Um, you have to go all the way back to like Clemente probably to get someone that impactful on the sport. Yeah. Because of the time he was in and what he meant to people who were similar to him and for how the game was changing. Um, the only thing I can think of within the last 20 years to be somewhat close is the Oklahoma State basketball team. That's just sports. Yeah. I'm trying to keep this at sports because this is with, with Kobe and how he resonates within the sports world. We're trying to leave it to just that. Um, When you try and go to the world at large or anything like that, obviously there are bigger things that trump this. There are, there are things that have 
well, I'm not going to say more important or more meaningful, but maybe, or even more impactful because anytime something like this happens, no matter how big or small or known the person is, it sucks for whoever's involved. Yep. Um, it's just that with Kobe, he, he really changed who he was once he turned 30. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, the person he was for the last couple years of his career, and especially since he retired, he he's talked about how, like, he became a different person. I can't. Yeah, absolutely. And I I know I'm talking a lot, but I'm trying to <laughs> trying to save you here, bud. Um, in so part of it, this it didn't hit me at all. Like, I don't. Part of it is I'm not a Kobe fan. I never was. Um, I don't like the Lakers. I, for the better part of his career, I didn't agree with like how he acted on the court or how he treated teammates for the most part. Um, but the end of his career and especially with the dad he became like, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I texted you. Uh, right after I saw the report on Sunday. Because the news broke at like 1140-ish Pacific and, time in the morning. And um, and TMZ reported it by like 10 o'clock in the morning. Like right when it happened. Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at my phone and, and for those that, that don't know much about myself. Um, I am a Lakers fan. Yep. Um, Kobe is my favorite athlete of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when coming up through through high school, uh, basketball was basketball was was the sport that I watched that I followed. Um, more than anything, it's it's the football that I talk about on here now. Yeah, basketball was your thing. Yeah, um, Kobe was Kobe was like I said, Kobe was my favorite athlete. Um, so I I <laughs> I saw the report and I texted you because in today's world, right, they get people report so and so's dead all the time. Turns yeah. out it's a hoax. Yeah, Morgan Freeman died for the third time in the last six months. It's right? Like, no, he didn't. And I texted you like right after, and I was like, "Did you see this?" Yeah. And and I literally I walk out, and my my mom's watching NCIS in the living room, and I changed the channel. She's looking at me, and she's like, "She can just tell, like, yeah, that something's up." And I was like, "She's like, what's wrong?" And I'm Flipping through, right? ESPN's still showing Pro Bowl stuff. Mm-hmm. No news channels have said anything about it. TMZ's the only one that's reporting it. Yep. About 11.15, slowly you start seeing other other outlets but start reporting this. The, the, so the, there's two things here. TMZ 
there's a big deal now that they should be shut down because of how they handled this. I mean, that they are a major outlet. They are a major outlet that reported something of this caliber that was not confirmed. Absolutely not. But then on the other side of it, you didn't see any other reputable source say anything about this until nope. it was confirmed. Yep. And in our in our texting mm-hmm. back and forth, um, you know, I get <laughs> I get emotional about it because I'm not a parent. Um, however, I do have five sisters, mm-hmm. and and I remember texting you after it was confirmed that Kobe was there because a couple other people reported, you know, his four daughters were on the plane. Yeah, with him, and I texted you after that, and I said, you know, oh my God, did you like this? Is what they're reporting in today's world? There's such a drive to need to be first. Yep, you don't fact check. Yep. Um, so I think that's why TMZ is just getting blasted right now. Mm-hmm. Um. I can't really sit here and say, you know, they shouldn't be. I mean, could you could you imagine being somebody, one of those family members and finding out before anybody else? Yeah. Before it's even confirmed by the police department, anything, you're finding out through so, essentially a paparazzi website that your loved ones have, have passed away. So Kobe has three or four daughters? He had four. Four. So, so you're talking about like the paparazzi and finding out that way. Imagine his, his eldest daughter. Yep. Right. Cause Gigi is the middle or yeah. the second Gigi, oldest. Gigi's yeah. Gigi right. was the second oldest. Gigi or Gianna. Yeah. So imagine his oldest daughter. She's, I think she's like mid late teens, 16, she's 17, something like that. Senior, I believe. Okay. So chances are senior girl follows TMC. Yeah. Like, imagine finding out, not even, it doesn't matter that how famous your family is or whatever. Finding out from someone else that one of your parents and one of your siblings died. Yep. From online. Yep. Because you know, you know, as soon as that got reported, her phone was probably being blown up. Yeah. By friends, by you name it. Right. She was probably being texted within minutes. Oh, yeah. And that. That's tough, man. And even Vanessa, right? Yeah. Kobe's wife. I bet you she found out from people she knows before she saw it anywhere. Yeah. I know she finally came out tonight. Yep. Um, within, what was it, around 6 o'clock p.m., yeah. somewhere in there, with yeah. a statement finally, which good for her taking her time. And. Um, Super, um, I already went and donated to it, but if you go and read her statement, um, through, through their foundation, um, they're taking donations to help take care of the remaining family members Mm -hmm. of, of the other families. Yeah. Um, because it was, uh, 
the the baseball coach Alto yeah. Alto yeah the Alto Bellies yeah um and who, then it was a couple girls on her team yeah so the Alto Bellies had a thirteen year old also so um and they had a sister who was a senior in high school as well yeah and their brother is a scout for the Red Sox yes and then so um, the Alto Belly girl is the one. Like, obviously, I feel bad for everyone involved. Yep. But she lost both her parents. Both parents. And she's still in school. Yep. And her brother lives across the country. Yeah. Scouting for the Red Sox. Yep. And um, so then it was two other girls and two other, and a parent for each girl. Right? Uh, there was Christina Mauser, who was the assistant basketball coach for that for that team. Yeah, and then it was I think I want to say the name was Peyton Pritchard, but I I don't know. I cannot remember the names. I did. Um, I did. It made me not happy is not the right word, but um, appreciative. That a lot of people were saying all the names, yep. or at least giving or acknowledging all the people that were there. It wasn't necessarily a Kobe plus. It yep. was here were the people. Um, yeah, it's just it's rough, man. Yeah, I've had a rough three days. All things considered, uh, I watched Shaq break down on TV last night. Yep. I broke down right there with him, seeing Shaq freaking cry like that. And Shaq, he, every year at the Super Bowl, he holds the the big pre-party. Yep. And he talked about how he didn't know if he was going to be able to do it, if it would be right to do. Yep. Um, he came down on all the money that comes in from his event is going to the Kobe and Vanessa Foundation. Yep. Um, which you have to think that's going to be a lot. It's going to be a ton. Um, and then just, I guess we'll finish off with, regardless of what you feel about Kobe or the things that did in his career for anyone born, a lot of people that are our age, even, um, especially within the last 25 years, Yep. it's LeBron or it's Kobe. Um, like what does, what do people say when they shoot anything ever? <laughs> they Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. They yell Kobe. Um, I mean, to bring a, a little levity, levity to it, it's normally cause you miss and that's why it's Kobe cause <laughs> he always missed. But, um, like there was those kind of tributes you saw baseball teams, like where everybody's shooting baseballs at the bucket and yelling Kobe. Um, and then you had, you've had what? 10, 12 guys changed their numbers already? Yep. I know a lot of guys have worn different numbers, um, but some guys have officially changed their numbers already. Um, and I understand both sides of the number thing, whether you want to change it to to remember him by, or if you want to keep the number to remember him by. I'm fine with either. I do like what Quinn Cook did, I think. Is that who it was? Yeah. He changed to 28 yep. for two and eight to remember yep. both of them. Um, Mark Cuban retired the number 24. I think you will see that league wide. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Um, 
Do you think? Yeah, it'll probably be like a uh, the grandfather thing. Yeah. Where Rivera, right, was the last one to wear forty-two. So I don't know who the youngest star is who has twenty-four. I. It's so hard to f- remember numbers, but. Um, and then I guess the last thing I have to say is. The Lakers-Clippers game Tuesday night was postponed. And then almost, if not every game that's the first game the team's played since then has had an 8-24 and a 24 or 2-24 second mm-hmm. violations to start the game. Um, you've seen players in different sports, uh, a couple soccer players. Yep. Um, just because Kobe was... Like he was MJ Light. Yeah, he was. He he. He was so big in the basketball world and worldwide. Yeah, that people in other sports knew about him, and he was a big deal everywhere. And a couple of people have said it. Kobe in his. Kobe in his second career, post basketball. When it was. When it could have all been said and done, he was on his way to being bigger than Jordan was in his second career post-basketball. Worldwide, everything that he did for youth sports, women's sports even, um, with the children's book series, all the stuff he was doing for kids, just the worldwide worldwide brand, right? Yeah, because you could say that Jordan... Jordan Brand would be during his basketball career and has yep. carried on since. So yeah, and Kobe did a lot, and he did. He did more than people people would probably acknowledge. He he's yep. done a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think for a while, um, probably the remainder of the year, the start of next basketball season. It's going to be quite a while before people are able to come to terms, um, fully accept or acknowledge or um, just yeah, just accept that this has happened. Um, it's only been a few days, but you see Kobe on TV, and it just you it doesn't go together yet. Doesn't seem real, and at all. I know it's a a somber note to end the podcast on, but uh, it just whenever something happens like this, like the only way I can think to say is it sucks. Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate, and the people that are that are listening, um, you've heard it a hundred times, but you'll hear it, you'll hear it from us. Uh, make sure you tell your loved ones that you love them because you never know. Yeah, you're right. You never know. Yeah, so just in remembrance of Kobe. Yep.